0: Thread, God's truth tying together all the pieces of your life. Thread is the broadcast of Dr. Chuck Quinley. Thread. Hi there, I'm Chuck Quinley. Welcome back to Thread, episode 77. Thread's a podcast for those who want their life to make a difference. If you want to be an influence in the lives of other people, that's what the Thread podcast is all about. It's a verse-by-verse study of God's Word, looking for lessons for leaders, especially those who are leading in a way as to bring people to the Lord and to walk in the ways of Jesus. Uh, we are engaged here in Thailand at this point in week six of Media Light 3.0. We've got 10 different nations that have sent students and they've gathered here for nine weeks this term And uh, training, and we focus on spirituality, leadership, and media production every day. We work on expanding their ability to serve as a Christian communicator in this unreached part of our work. If you're interested in this kind of training, or if you know anybody that you think it would be beneficial to, we're going to start our fourth batch. That starts in late September runs all of October and all of November. We, I wanted you, our beloved Thread Podcast listeners, to get the first crack at this. So there's only uh, 16 slots available this time. They go quickly. So if you're interested, I want you to know about it before we even begin promoting it. But uh, this last week in school, we were looking at the words of Jesus about the subject of money. Money. And that's what this podcast is about. We're in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, and we're going to talk about the power of money to corrupt and the purifying ministry of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever heard anybody say this? Money is neutral. It's what you do with it that matters. Well, I challenge anybody who says that to show me the scripture behind it. I know that the Bible says that God blesses us with material things and he meets our needs. And I know um, that there are a lot of good things, that the Lord made the earth. You can show me that. But I'm talking about what happened in the fall to money, sex, and power. All three of these were made by God. They serve his good purpose. But all three of them have been affected by the fall of man. And they are all filled with some kind of of evil spiritual energy, and they pull you in ways that if you just, well, let's take sex, for example. You don't have to train a man to lust. No man has to sit and think, man, I wish I could lust. Let me see if today I can take my mind and let me see if I can think uh, inappropriate sexual thoughts. They're just sort of automatic. It takes a man taking charge of his mind and saying, I'm not going to let myself dwell on certain things. It pulls you in a certain way did God make sex absolutely does God bless sex in marriage hallelujah I've got six kids but uh, is sex safe no (laughs) nowhere on the planet is sex safe and power is not safe it's not safe in government it's not safe in business it's not safe in the church power is not safe and so it is with money Money is not safe. It's not safe anywhere. Jesus taught so much about money, and he actually gave it another name. He called it mammon, like he was personifying it as a demon power. He said, and he only said this about money, you cannot serve God and money. He never said you cannot serve God and serve your family. You cannot serve God and serve in a position of authority. He never said those things because you can. He said you cannot serve God and money because money has power all by itself. And we will either master money and make it our servant and put it to kingdom purposes or money will rule us. Richard Foster wrote a book about 30 years ago, excellent, excellent book called Money, Sex and Power. And he writes, the demon behind money is fear. He didn't feel that the demon was greed. He felt that the spiritual force behind money was fear. It leads us to worry about money. Well, today's thread is a story about money's power to corrupt, even in this perfectly functioning, anointed, New Testament, Book of Acts, Christian community. Uh, You know, in the the previous chapter, chapter 4, we saw freedom from money's power. This church was amazing. The people were opening up their homes. They were inviting other families to live with them after Pentecost when these visitors couldn't go home now because they had accepted Christ and didn't exactly know what Jesus taught. So they stayed together. The apostles taught them every day in the temple. And uh, they did what they could to meet the financial needs of these people. Uh, these, These people couldn't find jobs in Jerusalem. The needs were great. And people in the church spontaneously, like Barnabas, began to sell their properties and bring it to the apostles and bring the whole lot of it and say, Here, I want to trade in my property, and I want you to take the money and meet the needs of these brothers and sisters with it. Amazing. Chapter 5 opens with this word, but. That's such a huge transition. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold the possession and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it. And he brought a certain part and he laid it at the apostles' feet. Look at what they're done. This is a conspiracy to defraud. These two wanted to steal the reputation of people like Barnabas who gave extravagantly. Now, this was their possession, and it's clear in the narrative that there was no preaching given to induce people to sell and give it to the group. What Barnabas and others had done was spontaneous. It was from their heart. It was huge, and everybody was amazed at it. And Ananias and Sapphira wanted that reputation. They wanted that kind of standing in the group Without it being true. Now, they could have given none of their money or 10% or half. It was totally up to them, according to the level of their faith and according to their ability to give. But they became the church's first hypocrites. And the word hypocrite in Greek means play actor. They put on a a mask, they pretended that something was true that was not in order to get a play actor's reward, the applause. Of the group. So Ananias came in, verse 2, came in alone with this percentage of the proceeds, but he made this little speech to Peter, claiming that it was 100% sacrifice to the Lord. And in verse 3, Peter is anointed with the Holy Spirit, and a gift, the word of knowledge, comes about. And Peter says, Ananias, this is a fake. You're, this is self-promotion, and he gives him a pastoral rebuke. He corrects Ananias. He, you can see in the New Testament church that they had zero tolerance for deception in the church, especially deception having to do with money. And we need to go back to this. I mean, there's so much deception in the church that goes on regarding money, so much secrecy about money. And so Peter says to him, Ananias... Why? Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit, keep back part of the price of the land for yourself while it remained? Wasn't it yours? After you sold it, wasn't it in your control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You've not lied to men. You lied to God. Sin has power to distort the thinking of Christians. And we have to judge worldly values When they creep into the church, I saw a church and on their building, you know, they were trying to raise $30 million for this big building, and the company that helps them raise that much money had done up these brochures, and the brochure says, what house, it has this Bible verse on it, really big, and they made posters everywhere. Uh, What house will you build for me, says the Lord? And I saw the verse, I couldn't believe they were using it. It was like, open your Bible and read the chapter. The chapter is where God says, no house, no human can build me a house. You know, churches are not a house for God. It's a house for us. God doesn't live in our church. He is too big to live in our little church. He fills all the planet. We do not build God a house. We're not temple builders. There is no priesthood. There's a priesthood of all believers. we have one priest, the high priest Jesus, and the temple the The Lord does not need our little human concrete buildings i don 't care if you want to spend thirty or sixty million or six billion. You still didn 't build God a house. nobody builds God a house that 's our house. We sit in it, we enjoy it that 's our place. so build us a place to do ministry and worship God. And be honest that that's what you're doing, but don't start bringing in all kinds of crooked worldly thinking to make people feel guilty and like, are you going to love God enough to build him this really big house or not? When the world's values slip into the church and someone says we need to do something, put this guy on a board because he gave the biggest money, and all this stuff it's like, well, hold on. I know that makes perfect sense in the world, but this isn't the world we're the counter-culture. We're the opposite of the world. This is the church. And when worldly values sneak into the church, we have to call that out. And that's what Peter does. Peter says, whoa, time out, Ananias. You know, Peter's had his own failures, but he stood up. He owned up to his failures. So he looks at Ananias and he says, I can't let you get away with this. You're being crooked, and you're not lying to us. You're lying to God. You, you think that it's just human. This isn't a human thing. It's the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 5 happens, and I think it shocks everyone, Peter included. Ananias, hearing these words, fell down on the ground and breathed his last. Great fear came upon all those who heard these things. It doesn't say Peter cast a curse on him. Peter killed him with an apostolic authority. I don't think Peter had any idea. He was just rebuking a brother as his pastor, when he saw him doing something clearly evil. Verse 6, grieving. Young men rose up, and they bind him up, they wrap him up, carry him out, and bury him according to Middle Eastern custom. It's a hot climate, and you don't let the dead fester. So, Also, they were Jews and had a lot of rules about uh, the uncleanness of the dead. Three hours later... Verse 7, his wife, Sapphira, comes in. The runners have not been able to find her with the news, although everybody else near near the community there seems to know about it. And she comes in, and Peter notices the strange circumstances. And he accepts that the Holy Spirit is at work. I mean, how can she not know that her husband is dead? That's just weird, but she doesn't know. And she wanders in. And Peter looks at her and he realizes she has no idea. And so he asks her, "Um, this amount of money, is that how much you sold the land for? She's ready with the same story. And she agrees on the lying number that they made up together as they agreed to deceive. Peter is so deeply disturbed in verse 9. He says, oh, how could you two do this? How could you agree together? To test, that word test means to see what something is made of, to see the abilities of it. How could you agree to see the ability of the Holy Spirit of the Lord? And he knows what's going to happen to her. He said, look, the feet of those who buried your husband are standing right there at the door, and they will carry you out. And bam, down she goes in verse 10. Fell down at his feet, breathed her last, and the young men came in and found her dead. Carried her out and buried her with her husband. Um, Let's talk about marriage for just a minute. Marriage, especially Christian marriage, should propel us to walk closer to God. You know, in a marriage, if you've got a a healthy marriage, your partner encourages you in the Lord. It's a great strength to have somebody as your unified partner spiritually. But sometimes our marriage relationship becomes an enemy of God, one partner encouraging the other partner to do evil. Uh, there is a Billy Bob Thornton movie called A Simple Plan that I've only watched twice because it tears my heart out so much. There's this really, um, there's two brothers. One of them is kind of a deadbeat, and one of them is an upstanding citizen in the community. And together they find a plane full of drug money And the uh, younger brother says, let's keep it. And the older brother is very indignant about it. No way. What are you thinking? You're a crazy person. But it doesn't take long for the big brother to say, oh, okay, okay, I'll tell you what. We'll keep it, but I'm keeping it at my house. And then we'll wait a while, and you can't talk about it. And then if no one says anything... Um, we'll know that the money's okay and we'll start spending it. Well, you watch this movie progress, and the one who's supposed to be good just keeps going lower and lower. This money just gets inside their head. And this wife and this husband start to encourage each other in evil. And I mean, it turns to bloodshed. And one thing leads to, uh, it just gets horrible when you watch the consequences. You make sure that you don't work against the prayer life of your partner. Be sure that you don't hinder your partner from sacrificing or from following God with all their heart. If your partner tells you, I believe the Lord wants me to do this thing, don't throw cold water on it. Now, here was a marriage where one of them, I don't know which one of them brought this idea up. But one of them, once they had sold this land, said to the other one, Hey, what if we keep part of this money and we tell them that that it's all? And then we can be like Barnabas, and they agreed together. You know, there can be evil in marriage too, so be careful of that. Verse 11, there's a restoration of godly fear. Great fear came upon all the church and all who heard these things. As people begin to, to look into their own heart, look into their own motive, and take their service to the Lord and their life in the church a lot more seriously. So may the Lord purify our hearts and our churches. I'd love to hear from you. If you've got anything you'd like to talk with me about or prayer request that we can uh, take to the Lord with you, just write to me, my personal email address, chuckatquinley.com. Uh, If you enjoy the podcast, please pass it on to your friends. We're available on the iTunes network. You can go to Quinley.com, ThreadPodcast.com, Android Marketplace. It's on an app for smartphones. Uh, There's a lot of places. It's easy to get to the Thread Podcast. Uh, We do this for you. We want to help you as you grow in the Lord. Give us some feedback. We'd really love to hear from you today. God bless you. Till next time on Thread.